Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. You will find this program to have your best interest at heart. You can help us to continue this library of educational topics to help you preserve your home and family. As a nonprofit organization, we would appreciate your monetary support. Here is your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. This is yours truly. My guest today is a physician, triple board certified in cardiology, interventional cardiology, and internal medicine, certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine. He has decades of experience in cardiology and the management of cardiovascular disease, and has a total of over 30 years of experience as a physician. And by the way, without obligation, you can ask him a question via email, and your question will be secure and confidential regarding your heart health, and he will reply within 24 hours. So, without further ado, here's the doctor, Dr. Bolad. Anything that we can do is never too late to improve our health. And, uh, and I have, I'm very happy, in fact, and grateful to have Dr. Bolad on the show today to help us to appreciate our health. But before we get into our discussion, uh, doctor, tell us a little bit about you and the field of discipline, please. Thank you, Ben, uh, for inviting me for this uh, podcast. I'm happy to be, to be talking to you and to your audience. Um, I am a cardiologist and interventional cardiologist. I have been um, a cardiologist for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I work in an academic institution. And um, my main job every day, day in, day out, is to see patients with coronary disease and in particular with heart disease and in particular dealing with patients who have got coronary disease. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, as part of my job as an interventional cardiologist, I do procedures to open the blocked arteries of the heart in the form of people who come in with um, acute heart attacks to open these arteries and put stents to keep them open. Mm-hmm. And people who have got chronic symptoms of uh, angina uh, also we do the same thing open their arteries and put stents to keep their um, arteries open and to keep the supply of blood to the myocardium mm-hmm. uh, yeah. intact is that called the angioplasty procedure is that what that right is? Uh, so yeah uh, angioplasty is when you uh, dilate the artery okay. uh, and you don't put a stent uh, but when you put a stent then it becomes known as percutaneous coronary intervention. Mm-hmm. But um, generally, people refer to it uh, as angioplasty. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Absolutely right. And, you know, uh, with my circle of friends, I hear more about uh, a stent, m- more so than a angioplasty, to be quite frank with you. So whatever it takes, you know, to keep uh, that heart uh, doing what it should be doing. But tell me, uh, doctor, can you share some statistics that underscores uh, our discussion today, the importance of our discussion? Absolutely. So heart disease is the leading cause of death, both men and women, Mm. and people of all racial and ethnic backgrounds worldwide. It's the leading cause of death. heart disease, or what we refer to generally as cardiovascular disease, which is the heart and the arteries. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one person dies about every 34 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. Mm. And statistics from uh, 2020 show us that um, almost 700,000 people in the United States um, died um, uh, from cardiovascular disease. And that's one in every five deaths. If you look at the costs uh, here, uh, it's estimated uh, that in the year between 2017 to 2018, the cost uh, of having a heart uh, attack and the healthcare services, the medicines, and the lost productivity is Mm -hmm. something in the range of about $230 billion for one year. So the majority of this cardiovascular disease is related to coronary artery disease. Okay. So in 20, in 2020, we had about mm-hmm. uh, almost 400,000 people die in the U.S. Oh, from my. coronary artery disease, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a big, big um, chunk of our, our uh, health service resources yeah, sure. is taken by treating uh, yeah, sure. this well, disease. It's, uh, I'm sure it's been a challenge. Uh, um, but how is a coronary artery disease diagnosed? How, do, how would you know uh, what would be the symptoms, if you would could share that with us? So, sure, absolutely. So the commonest symptom is mm-hmm. chest pain. And it's comments like pain which come in with exertion and goes away with rest. And what happens if there is blockage in the coronary arteries, the muscle of the heart, one is tries to put up with more effort. The supply is limited and therefore that gets you chest pain. Uh, other symptoms of coronary artery disease, and I'm talking about chronic coronary artery disease, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that uh, disease is stable, is uh, pain that in, starts in the chest, in the center of the chest, uh, or to slightly to the left and radiates either to the neck or to the left arm. Mm. Some people feel sick with it. They feel that they're going to throw up uh, with it. And some people get shortness of breath with it. Now, this is the typical presentation, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, the atypical presentation, some people get these symptoms on exertion in the form of epigastric pain. Mm. Uh, so some people tell you, every time I exert myself, I get this burning sensation in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, can be a manifestation of um, coronary artery disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people um, don't get any symptoms at all, uh, apart from shortness of breath. Some people just shortness of breath. Every time they exert themselves, they get short of breath very quickly. Mm-hmm. They relax and they are back to the baseline and they are fine. Mm-hmm. So um, this is especially uh, the case in people who have got uh, diseases that affect uh, the innervation or causes nerve issues. For example, like diabetes. Mm-hmm. People who are diabetic don't generally complain of um, chest pain, more or shortness of breath, and present sometimes quite late with heart failure when the heart has been seriously affected. Mm-hmm. Women generally don't present with these typical symptoms, uh, so we have to be very careful when women, when they come and present with atypical symptoms that Mm -hmm. we need to rule out coronary artery disease. So these are the general symptoms. I understand. So let's say um, I'm at home 
mm-hmm. and, I, and I begin to feel that, that pain in the center and then irradiating and what would be the first thing to do? I mean, uh, take an aspirin. I've heard that. I don't know if, that's, if that works or not, <laughs> but no, what would you uh, do? I mean, it is also depends on whether you have been having chest pain before an exertion or not. I understand from the scenario that you just gave me that just pain all of a sudden that yes. occurred in the center. And that would be very, very worrisome of an acute heart attack. Mm-hmm. So if this pain is new and it persists more than five minutes, and usually the pain of a heart attack, like almost universally described as pain that is very unusual, for mm. the person. So if this pain is very unusual for you and with such severity, yeah. Yeah. please don't take an aspirin. Please seek medical advice. And okay. I'm saying this because I have seen serious disasters mm. from people trying just to ride off their pain. Yeah. And what happened in that case is that they develop significant damage to the muscle of the heart. And mm. this damage, when it is late, it's irreversible. So if you get pain for five to ten minutes, pain which is different from whatever you had, which is severe, please seek medical help ASAP because mm-hmm. this can save your life on the long term. Yeah, so apparently it's, it's pretty obvious. It, it is a little different from, let's say, heartburn or you know whatever you get uh, sometimes. So it, it would be a little different than uh, uh, unusual, unusual uh, pain, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what is always involved in the narrowing of the arteries? And uh, and my other question to that is, can it be regressed? Okay. So uh, it's gradual buildup of plaque material in yes. the inner lining of the heart, of the arteries of the heart. Mm-hmm. And by building this material, um, the flow of blood uh, to the muscle of the heart is reduced. So there are so many different factors that are involved in that. But basically the pathophysiology is that it narrows gradually and it reaches a point that the heart cannot compensate by on its own to try to dilate the smaller vessels to compensate for that. Mm. And therefore the supply demand ratio, the supply of blood compared to the demand of the muscle of the heart become compromised. And that's when you start to have symptoms of coronary artery disease, mm-hmm. um, that there is a blockage. Now, uh, you asked about, can it be uh, treated, can it be regressed? For sure. Uh, mm-hmm. There are lots of medications. Initially, uh, we try to treat it medically if we don't, if we diagnose it, and then the, uh, we feel that it's stable. So the medications include things like aspirin, a medication called the beta blocker to reduce the demand on the heart, like like metoprolol, etc., and as class of beta blockers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we give nitrates as a pill a day, and that's just to maintain the arteries dilated and to improve flow. Mm -hmm. If in spite of our medical therapy, that still the symptoms are there, then we go to more invasive tests uh, and try to evaluate what we can do invasively in the form of either an angioplasty or a stenting of the coronary arteries. 
Very good. You know, myself, uh, doctor, uh, I'm very big on prevention. So to prevent the narrowing of the arteries, is it a lot of it in the diet, such as saturated fats or trans fats that you ingest? Is that where the where the problem lies? There are multiple uh, issues, Anna. Uh, uh, here, okay. uh, it's not really one factor, and I'm going to go through them. But uh, the aim is mainly to try to prevent. Uh, exactly. It prevented in the first place, rather mm -hmm. than try to treat. Exactly. Um, eat it after it develops. So there are common risk factors and lots of people uh, are aware of it. For example, one thing is, for example, smoking. Mm. Smoking uh, is the most common and most modifiable risk factor. Okay, as simple mm -hmm. as that. So mm. people should be aware that if they smoke, they increase their risk of uh, having a coronary disease uh, is is quite high. Um, another thing is obviously the family history. And mm. a family history, unfortunately, just like a lottery, you are born with it. Uh, mm. You don't have you don't have a say with it. So if you have got a family um, with multiple people, either from the mother's side or the father's side, mm -hmm. that um, had a heart attack, then your risk of having coronary disease and a heart attack is high. Therefore, you have to make doubly sure that all the other modifiable risk factors are controlled. Meaning that if you have got a history of heart disease or coronary disease, make sure that you don't smoke, you keep your lipids uh, within control, you keep your blood pressure within control, maintain a normal weight mm -hmm. uh, and a balanced diet. So mm -hmm. family history is unfortunately uh, unmodifiable. You, men you mentioned like lipids and cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is very, very important. Yes. Part of it is manufactured in the body and part of it is from the diet. Some people produce more cholesterol in the body uh, and also and other people um, ing ingest more cholesterol or lipid-laden foods uh, orally. And that obviously mm. causes... Um, increased level of these elements of uh, lipids in the blood mm -hmm. and obviously in depositing all the arteries of the body including the heart mm -hmm. so the lipids have to be kept into check uh, with if they are high initially with diet and if we cannot control it with diet mm -hmm. then now they are very good medications especially from the statin group of medication something like atorvastatin or rosuvastatin these are very potent medications mm -hmm. that can significantly lower your cholesterol yeah well, i did yeah absolutely but, but i just wanted also to touch briefly sure. if i may on other risk factors like sure. uh, high blood pressure uh, high hypertension that's what we call it is, mm. yes. is this is referred to as the silent killer and it's called the silent killer because you don't get symptoms until it is too late so um, you need to be for people who already start in their late 20s or 30s they have to start measuring their blood pressure and checking it because mm -hmm. you don't get symptoms until there's so much damage to the mm -hmm. arteries and to the heart mm -hmm. so blood pressure ought to be controlled you know the, uh, the blood pressure let me ask you this before i forget to ask you blood pressure i check mine every day 
and the systolic and the uh, diastolic. It, it is so transient uh, to me. Sometimes I, I get pretty good readings, you know, like 120 mid, 100 mid, uh, let's say 125 over, let's say between 75 and 80 in there, you know, for the most part. Uh, but sometimes I get up to 30, 130, you know. Uh, what is the, the, the ideal uh, pressure levels that you need to look for? So, um, the recommended uh, blood pressure uh, levels that we ought to get is definitely less than 140 over 90 and preferably less than 130 over 80. Ah, okay. So, so uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> you are doing fine, but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, you, you, don't, you don't want it to be in the high, like 130s, if you can keep it yeah. in the 120s, then that, that would be better provided Actually, you don't yeah. get symptoms from taking blood yeah. pressure medication. Yeah, exactly. But you know when it's really high is when you go to the doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And when it's really high and it's not controlled, yeah. The best thing is to seek medical advice because, as I said, it causes mm -hmm. so much damage and people are not aware of it until it's too late. Exactly. You know, in two weeks, I went to my doctor this week here and they took my blood test, you know, the complete uh, uh, check on the blood there. Um, for me, to, what would be the, the, the most important markers once I get my report to really look at? Uh, you are talking about general health. Yes, or, as far as general. the heart, uh, let's say the, the 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 sugar, the cholesterol. What would be the the, the most important markers to look at? Obviously, the glucose um, is is one. Oh. Um, you may want to make sure yeah. that uh, your fasting glucose level uh, is mm -hmm. controlled, so okay. you are not having diabetes. Someone suffering from diabetes and they right. are not yeah. uh, minding it. So that's one. Glucose is very important. Mm -hmm. The other one is the fasting lipid profile, and mm -hmm. that is the cholesterol, the lipid elements, including the total cholesterol, the bad cholesterol, the good cholesterol, and also the triglycerides. Mm -hmm. This would be another one, uh, yeah. another set of uh, panel of uh, tests that you have to yeah. look for. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. So it, it is a numbers uh, game. Is what it is. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And these numbers are just. Um, how can I put it? It's just um, there are certain levels shouldn't be exceeded. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you would uh, realize that the, your numbers and someone else's numbers mm -hmm. are they cannot be the same. So that's why there is always a range. It should mm -hmm. be below this. It should be yeah. Not a fixed, certain fixed number is applicable to every person. Exactly. So it's a combination of those markers to determine your your health. It's a combination. Uh, I mean, uh, for an example, let's say uh, cholesterol. Mine has been uh, under two hundred, but that really doesn't uh, guarantee me that I will have. Um, an artery disease, does it, or or, or how does that? Uh, no. work? Okay, so it's, uh, as you correctly pointed out, it's a combination of things, it's ah, not just okay. one thing. So mm -hmm. the total cholesterol is not a good reflection ah, of okay. your lipid of cholesterol. Um, it's the bad cholesterol and the good cholesterol that's mm -hmm. more precise mm -hmm. marker of mm -hmm. development of coronary disease. The bad cholesterol, we refer to it uh, as LDL cholesterol, and that mm -hmm. stands for low 
density lipoprotein cholesterol, and that is a bad cholesterol. Mm. The bad cholesterol, it has to be less than 100 milligrams per deciliter. And in people who have got risk factors, it needs to be less than 70 milligrams per deciliter. Mm. The good cholesterol is HDL cholesterol, high-density lipoprotein cholesterol. That needs to be at least above 40 milligrams per deciliter, mm -hmm. even 50 and mm -hmm. higher. So the higher the level of the LDL cholesterol, the better. So mm -hmm. just by giving you these um, uh, parameters here and these two fractions, you can realize that the total cholesterol in its own is just uh, gives you an idea. Mm -hmm. It's not very precise. We need to look at the subdivisions of mm -hmm. this cholesterol, like the LDL cholesterol and the HDL cholesterol. Right, right. But you know, the, the the body makes its own cholesterol. Is that, is that you know, is that harmful? Is that detrimental? So the body makes its own cholesterol and generally it's within, in the majority of people, it's not that much. Mm. But there are some abnormalities of cholesterol metabolism in which the body makes a lot of cholesterol yeah. and that ought to be treated. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, the body makes it. Uh, it's only high in the body in certain uh, diseases in which the manufacturing is higher than what is needed or expected, and that is mostly genetic. You are listening to Your Lot and Parcel podcast. We invite you to tell a friend and to leave a rating and your commentary. We thank you in advance. We are visiting with a cardiologist. He is a fellow of the American College of Cardiology and also a fellow of the European Society of Cardiology. He holds a doctorate degree in cardiology from the University of London. His mission is to use his knowledge and experience to help you and I in regard to heart health keeping us informed about the latest developments in cardiology. If you have a question, I encourage you to email him and he will reply within 24 hours. Your email will be secure and confidential and without obligation. And you will find that link in the show notes. Here's the doctor again, Dr. Bolad. But also a big part of it is food. We eat food every day. Yeah. So if you're eating food every day, which is rich in cholesterol, harmful cholesterol, then that is definitely going to be like a predisposing factor mm -hmm. uh, for you. So uh, diet is very important. I actually just published a few days ago, like three days ago, uh, Heart Healthy Diets on my uh, YouTube um and my website, mm -hmm. and um, I, I talked extensively about the different diets, like the healthy diets. Mm -hmm. uh, so for your viewers, if they are interested in this, they can always visit either my website, drbola.com, or my YouTube uh, um, uh, channel, which is uh, uh, Dr. Bola Cardio Cardiology. Yeah, then they'll find lots of information about diet. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's important. Yeah. It, absolutely. Taking yeah. fish oil, doctor, uh, fish mm -hmm. oil capsules, is, is that uh, 
Will that mitigate uh, the cholesterol? Well, um, it, it, what studies have shown that it helps the levels, but it does not provide hard outcome data. So meaning okay. that your taking fish oil is not going to be uh, leading to reduced incidence of heart attacks uh, uh, or coronary artery disease. Uh, the levels are improved. It is useful. It's useful uh, taking use uh, fish oil, but it's not something that we routinely recommend at all because of the absence of hard data in research mm -hmm. to link them to outcomes. So mm -hmm. all what we do here in all the medications we prescribe and the procedures we do, mm -hmm. we have to make sure that they lead to positive outcomes. And Thank that's you. why we recommend them. But for fish oil, the hard outcomes are lacking. Uh, so I get lots of patients coming and telling me that they are taking fish oil or this yeah. supplement, etc. Yeah. And I say, if it's not hurting you and you feel happy about it, that's fine. But I just have to tell you, there is no hard data to support this. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I have heard uh, the Inuits up in the northern, you know, Alaska and so forth, they eat a lot of fish, salmon, you know, which is a lot, lots of uh, fish oil in it. Uh, they seem to have a very low heart uh, problem in the area there. But uh, yeah, so this is, um, I mean, things like fish or things like other, like poultry. Yes. Um, of these are the, uh, what we call like the healthy meats rather than the red meat, right? Uh, which obviously uh, increases your risk of having coronary mm -hmm. disease and heart attacks significantly. Mm -hmm. So just by taking this, you are um, uh, reducing your risk uh, and eating healthy. Mm -hmm. So uh, compared to people who eat red meat regularly. Exactly. So yeah. it is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously in these diets, and as I mentioned, the video just published a few days ago. I have got lots of statistics there. Yeah, I'll have and, to take a look at that. Yeah. I, I, will ha I will have to take a look at that. One thing that we hadn't talked about, uh, about diet and, and taking uh, medication, uh, I wouldn't name any names as far as my, my friends, you know. <laughs> but but they uh, they say oh I can eat it I, I take medication I'm okay with that I can eat that is yeah. that the right perspective? Absolutely not, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. And remember, um, it's it's um, diet and um, um, and lifestyle in general they are linked. Then, uh, mm. mm. so if you find someone saying that, therefore that person is also participating in lots of uh, heart unhealthy uh, uh, either diets and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, that person is also very likely not to be exercising or not likely to be abiding by the heart healthy diets, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not only eating this or that, it's really if you don't develop a particular lifestyle and eating the healthiest things and also participating in regular reasonable uh, activities sure. uh, that is going to uh, catch on with, with you uh, medications only help there is no magic thing about them 
Uh, it all has to be first. We try to avoid medications if we can. So, for example, we spoke sure. about we spoke about cholesterol, high cholesterol. So the first thing when someone I test for the first time with high cholesterol, I say, well, let's modify your diet first. Sure. And let's um, and and let's check your bloods again in two months and see mm-hmm. how is that. So we try to avoid them because the pill. It affects every single organ in your body and like anything it has got benefits and it has got side effects mm-hmm. so if we can do without them then we try to do without them yes yes exactly me like i said i i, I consider my food my medicine uh fortunately my wife she's a very good cook and uh, we eat a lot of green vegetables and and um and uh, i would say uh, you know a lot of herbs and I would say the Mediterranean, it leans toward the Mediterranean style of uh, cuisine, you know. Yeah. And I uh, really enjoy it. And it's done well for me. I, I'm in the mid-60s, uh, uh, doctor, and I don't take any medication yet, but uh, uh, who, knows, who, know, who knows tomorrow, right? <laughs> in two weeks, yeah, in two no, weeks well, I'll well, have an appointment with my doctor, so we'll see what he has to say. It's a routine, routine check. Yes. Well, well, you know, the Mediterranean diet is um, yeah. is a fantastic diet, has been proven mm. uh, to improve outcomes. And a Mediterranean diet, another way I can describe it, mm. is like a, a partial vegetarian diet because mm. you eat lots of fruits and vegetables and yes. then you have some healthy meat like fish and poultry and yes. very little red meat, etc. Exactly. So it's like a, like a partial vegetarian diet, the yeah. Mediterranean diet. Yeah, yeah. You make a, make sure your plate is colorful. If it's colorful, you're doing good, I think. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. For yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's right. Uh, what, another question. I, I know we hadn't talked about this, but um, some will attest the positive effects of niacin to lower cholesterol. What's the latest uh, science on that? So yeah. niacin, uh, niacin, yes, it does. It does lower cholesterol. It does, that'd be vitamin B three, I believe, is what it is, right? Right. So niacin is a, a good medication, but it there are now currently uh, more potent cholesterol lowering medications uh, yeah, yeah, uh, in yeah. the market. And mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned earlier, I uh, uh, like um, uh, the statins like mm. rosuvastatin and atorvastatin mm-hmm. yeah. these are much much more potent uh, medications uh, to lower the cholesterol and it has got much better outcomes oh. uh, uh, proven outcomes rather than the niacin niacin exactly. doesn't have as much good outcomes yeah, exactly. like like yeah. the statins and that's why you find lots of people generally above 60s um, take cholesterol lower uh, lowering medications mm-hmm. uh, so to give you um, how I feel about it is that I have got a family history of slightly higher cholesterol in my family mm-hmm. uh, actually very little heart attacks I, we don't have heart attacks but I, uh, throughout uh, uh, the cholesterol is high so I don't have any symptoms but I do take statin at night mm-hmm. just as a protection now I'm not advocating this for everyone sure, sure. but I know that the science tells me that people who take statins have got proven outcomes that um, that, uh, that are better than people who don't take uh, uh, statins. So statins would be the first line rather than the niacin. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, May, I, I believe uh, strongly in nutraceuticals. However, I would never dispense uh, traditional medicine, such as what you're saying there, pharmaceuticals that will do the job even better, right? Absolutely. So my my follow-up question to that it would be, taking medication, would it damage my liver? Right. Well, um, as I pointed out during this discussion is that any medication you take has got its benefits and side effects. That's a given. Yes. Uh, if you take out the brochure from any medication and you start reading it, uh, you will find a list of side effects. Um, liver or every medication has got different side effects in different organs. It can be the liver, it can be the kidney, it could be the blood vessels, it could be the lungs, etc. etc. Yeah. So, um, your liver, I suspect you are talking particularly about the statins because that's Correct. one of the yes. side effects for the statins is uh, liver toxicity or liver injury. Now, the risk of you developing or anyone developing liver disease secondary to statin is very low, extremely mm -hmm. low. Mm -hmm. So, as we mentioned, everything is risk and benefit. So if you have got high cholesterol and you benefit from a statin, yes. then would you take it to um, improve your outcomes or would you be worried about the very, very low risk which might or might not happen? Yes. So you have to weigh it and you can always test for liver issues. So if you start taking the medication, you can test your blood test within a week or two or three mm -hmm. and then you can see whether your liver is affected or not, mm -hmm. if that's a worry. So everything is risk and benefit. So I wouldn't really say that I wouldn't take a medication like statin or torvastatin, rosuvastatin, because I am worried about the risk of liver um, issues because just the science is not there. I mean, the risk is so low. Mm -hmm. When you weigh risk and benefit, the benefits are more. Yeah, so it's a matter of monitoring uh, your liver and see how you're doing with the medication. and. Uh, I tell you what, doctor, it seems like uh, taking care of your health, it, it is a part-time job, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It, it, it's, a, it's a job, really. Yeah. And and you really have to uh, be very focused in it. Um, and I always tell my patients, mm -hmm. look at your body as if, you, it's, as if it's your car. Mm -hmm. If you look after your car, you, you clean it regularly, you keep the body and scratch, you change the oil, uh, you look at after everything, you change the bulb, this car is going to last you for a long time. Yeah. If you abuse it, you don't maintain it, etc., this car is not going to last you for long. So in order to be wanting your car, i.e. in this example, your yeah. body, you really have to work on it. You just, it does not just happen automatically. <clears throat> Exactly. That reminds me of what my dad used to tell me, uh, doctor. He'd say, you take care of that car and it will take care of you. So that's Absolutely pretty, right. Pretty Absolutely. much the same principle, right? I cannot agree more. I mean, no more, 100%, 100%, yeah. <laughs> you touched on your website there. What what, what would my listenership find on your website, if you don't mind? If you can so on my that. website, yeah. I've got lots of information about okay. heart health and heart disease. Mm -hmm. So uh, and I keep all the people who visit my website updated about the latest in cardiology and mm -hmm. about any progress on science and anything. It's immediately available on the website. One important thing that I really take um, pride in my website is that 
I have got a section for free questions. Mm. So if anyone is interested to ask any cardiology question, there is a big button there says ask a question for free. Mm-hmm. You submit and I usually reply within 24 hours. Every day I can I reply to my uh, my questions to that website. You receive a personalized response right to your inbox. Nobody mm-hmm. will see it. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. I noticed that. That's uh, and it's all confidential. Oh, all confidential, right? Absolutely, and it's yeah. and it's not it's not meant to replace your doctor, but it's exactly. meant to empower you yeah. with the information that you need. It's right. an informational web uh, website, an informational right. uh, link there that uh, mm-hmm. you ask a question and I give you the information back. Mm-hmm. So, so this it, is yeah, yeah. It's not a diagnosis, is what you're saying. So it's, uh, it, right. No, and I also don't want to take away from the yeah. uh, people's doctors because there is no substitute to having your own doctor. Mm. But but there is um, the issue of empowering you with the information. Then when either you, you can, everyone has got access to the internet, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's empowering you with a professional opinion. That when you review things on the internet or when you go and see your provider. You have got the information. Mm-hmm. You are not really left there, uh, not knowing um, really about um, the issue from a professional standpoint. Exactly, and you do have a blog on there as well, correct? I or, do also yes. blogs. Yeah, I try mm-hmm. to also to touch on topical things. I think that the recent, most recent blog was about Mediterranean diet, mm. uh, and uh, so. Um, and also, I try to touch on topical st- stuff on my blogs uh, mm-hmm. to try to just to keep uh, my viewers and people who visit my website regularly mm-hmm. um, uh, updated um, about uh, issues. But the most important thing on my website is an ask for question for free. And mm-hmm. so if any of your viewers visit drbola.com, and that's the full word, mm-hmm. D-O-C-T-O-R bolad is bravo oscar lima alpha delta b-o-l-a-d dot com mm-hmm. they can submit a question for me confidential no one will see it and i will reply right into their inbox within 24 hours there you go that's a very uh, very kind of you and because uh, i know uh, medical science it's fluid it keeps changing and uh, different techniques different treatments different uh, medications and uh, it's uh, I guess that's a job to keep up with all that but uh, absolutely yeah appreciate the service you provide there go ahead Uh, anytime I'm happy to help I mean I see it every day in my practice that people come wanting answers and also Mm -hmm. the difficulty in accessing quick answers to simple questions so that's where my site comes in Mm -hmm. that's very good very nice of you yeah, you know, you. the uh, the risk of coronary artery disease can be very unnerving, doctor. Uh, what would you share as far as in words of encouragement and comfort for those that may be grappling with this disease? The key is A, early diagnosis, and B, is abiding by treatment if you are diagnosed with coronary disease. We have got lots of people, the majority of people living with coronary disease, living a fairly active life mm. uh, with no um, significant restriction at all. Yes. So it, you need to diagnose it early. So if you've got any symptoms, 
get checked, please. Go to your doctor with your symptoms. He or she will run the appropriate test. And if you are diagnosed with it, abide with the medications, abide by the heart-healthy diet, abide by uh, uh, a healthy lifestyle, mm -hmm. and you should be good. So mm -hmm. it's it's very important to abide by uh, these parameters, these criteria, mm -hmm. and you should be fine. It shouldn't be limiting or um, uh, something that would hold you back from doing anything. Exactly. And I have found, too, that having a good relationship with your doctor, you know, and not being afraid to ask questions and as, as naive that sometimes I ask questions, it's maybe a little naive, you know, but uh, I ask and then, then you know, they, they uh, I have a good relationship with my doctor. Very, very important. And if any one of your audience mm -hmm. feels that they have got a question that they feel it's naive or they don't want to ask the let them uh, go to my website. You'll be amazed by the types of questions I get, but I answer all of them. I answer all of them. So I'm more than happy to help if anyone feels like that. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's very kind of you. Uh, I know you gave us your website. Uh, uh, give it to us again so that my audience can reach out to you if, uh, to learn more okay. on this topic. Okay. It's the full word doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, Bolad, B-O-L-A-D, mm -hmm. uh, dot com drbola.com okay very good yeah you're very gracious to come with me on the show here and and join me uh, doctor uh, i very happy to help ben anytime very yeah happy to you're help. doing a very fine work and i thank you for coming on here a lot in parcel and i wish you the very best doctor thank thank you very much ben i'm happy to help anytime Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org. We trust you will sponsor our informative podcast with your generosity. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.